Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets SEL podcast. This is Andrea Samadhi. This interview will be broadcast on YouTube, so be sure to look for the YouTube link in the show notes to view the video. Our special guest today is Greg Wolcott. He's someone who's always on the cutting edge of education. Greg is the author of the book, Significant 72, Unleashing the Power of Relationships in Today's Schools. And he's on a serious mission to impact our schools with this movement. Greg currently serves as the Assistant Superintendent for Teaching and Learning in a suburb of Chicago, as well as an adjunct professor. As an educator in the Chicago area for over 20 years, he's passionate about developing opportunities for all students to succeed, as well as finding ways for teachers and staff members to utilize their strengths to maximize learning. I'm excited to have Greg share more about the Significant 72 initiative that's implemented in over 200 schools across the United States and Canada. Welcome, Greg. Hi, thank you, Andrea. Thanks for having me. Well, let's get right into the questions and we're going into the relationship competency today. I know there isn't anyone I could think of that could cover this topic better than you, Greg. Can you give some background on the reason why you wrote this book? And I'm, I'm going back to 2016 on an SEL webinar. I heard you talking about the concept of Significant 72, and you had spoken about it was something to do with building relationships back up with students after three-day weekends. So where did this concept begin, and what does it look like in a school every day, every month, and after long breaks? So, so the um, kind of the idea started um, as an adjunct professor, the class that I, I mainly taught and have taught is, was an action research class. And what happened over and over and over again, class after class, is that the students were um, pursuing things around classroom management and really talking about how um, they didn't have the, the relationships with the students. And in one particular class, I had one of the girls was struggling with relationships and I had offered her a strategy called the three by three, which is a strategy where um, the teacher every day meets with three different kids and spends three minutes a day with each one, just talking about, you know, life, getting to know them on a personal level. And so, um, and I said, you know, that we've, you know, had great impact from that. And she said, well, I'm going to try that in my classroom. And so at the end of eight weeks, she, came back to, to, to us and, and she literally at the, the final presentation night broke down in tears and said, you know, my teacher told me, my cooperative teacher told me the old adage, you can't be friends with them till Christmas. And she said, I was so focused on being, you know, firm and strict and all these things, I never got to know them. And through her data, she showed that right away, just that three minutes a day um, with her three most challenging students, what a difference it had not only on their behavior, but the classroom behavior and the impact on others. And, and so at the same time, John Hattie, his work had come out and he, his work had shown that the effect size for relationships was 0.72 or basically two years growth in one year's time. And so, you know, I started doing a lot of soul searching on whether, you know, were the relationships in my classroom when I taught um, getting two years growth and, or, you know, those teachers around me and things like that. So that's kind of where it, where it began. And, and then it just kind of has, you know, really exploded beyond that. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And then when I'll, I'll put your website link because there's a lot of resources on your website, but what does it look like day to day now um, in a classroom and then month by month? So, so you know, the, the big idea being that we need to, to create that psychologically safe classroom and for, for the student with and between the teacher, but also with and between peers. And so, you know, typically, it, um, so it started, you know, it starts with, you know, part of the 72 is the first three days of the school year, nothing but relationship building and, and, and lots of, you know, teachers getting to know the students and then students getting to, to know each other. Um, and, and really kicking that off. Um, as you mentioned, um, after three-day weekends, so many kids go home or go to, to learning to, to home situations where they feel disconnected. Mm-hmm. And so when they come into school on that Tuesday, they're not necessarily ready to learn. So what can we do on the, those days? And so, you know, it, it it's kind of it starts with some of those things, but daily, you know, greeting kids at the door, um, you know, the simple things, greeting them by name, greeting them at the door, um, replacing bell ringers. Um, you know, so many schools have bell ringers, which is great to get kids going academically, but, you know, we need to create the conditions and, and, and set the table for students to be successful. And if they don't feel, you know, if they're running around a junior high or high school um, and they have three minutes to get between class, see their friends, they're bumping into each other, they're all stressed out, they come into class and we expect them to turn it on, you know, to all of a sudden, boom, turn on your brain and get academic. Right. It's possible. And, and so let's start the class with that relationship you know, piece, whether it be, um, you know, teachers that are do silly little would you rather questions with each other, where the students are doing, turning and talking and doing would you rather questions. Um, you've probably seen on Pinterest and all over the Instagram, the um, morning, the message boards where mm-hmm. kids come in and there's a, you know, a, um, you know, fabulous Friday, you know, what are you going to do for fun this weekend? And the kids write up, um, you know, every kid writes what they're going to do on the weekend. Little things like that start, you know, connecting kids. And, and we want kids to, to see similarities between themselves and the teacher and um, between each other, because that then um, really gets us connected. And so, um, you know, we see a lot of that. We see teachers um, intentionally taking time to, to um, you know, to set aside relationship building in small group and in the full class and, and not making it just a, you know, a one and done. And we see teachers then who really, um, get to know their students on such a different level um, and who then um, model vulnerability by sharing things about themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we let kids into to our lives, you know, they let us into theirs. So, and so, you know, and so the more we can do that, um, that's what we start seeing in the classroom, which then allows us um, for students to feel free making mistakes, mm-hmm. for us to really push the kids because they know we're pushing because we care. Mm-hmm. It just opens up an environment for us to really be successful. To learn. Absolutely. Wonderful. You mentioned um, the research that you had done within your book and that you have found a key attribute that all great teachers do, this ability to form strong, caring relationships with students. And it was something I was never even taught as a teacher. This was not a part of my teacher training program. 
So how do you take this information to help build on this strength to help the teachers connect at a deeper level? So knowing that this is not currently in our teacher training programs, is this um, a vision that you have? To yeah, so I, I, you know, I'm kind of spending lots of time, um, uh, you know, and, and have for a number of years getting out and talking to um, university colleges, universities, and, and and guest speaking at at student teaching seminars and things like that to get us developing that. Um, you know, we're trying to number of schools, uh, colleges are looking at at the book as a um, part of student teaching. Um, right. in that process. And so we're trying to champion that as much as we can and really, um, you know, and, and really get people to, to see that it's, it is the foundation. And, um, you know, luckily we're, we're seeing more and more teachers, more and more schools making social emotional learning, um, you know, a part of what they do. And I think probably the greatest inroad right now has kind of been through, which I'm not a huge fan of, the Charlotte Danielson evaluation model, but one of the nice things that that model has done is it has a component in there on the teacher-student relationships. So that has forced teachers to say, oh wow, I'm supposed to be doing that? Well yeah, and here's some ways how. Absolutely, that's great, right, to make it actionable. And we also know from the research that when students perceive that their teachers know them academic and per academically and personally, they're better positioned to take ownership of their learning. And we all can recall our favorite teachers, those teachers that really got to know you on a personal level. But there's that fine line of being too intrusive when you're asking students about their feelings and their personal lives. So how did you handle this to get the results you're looking for to really make that connection with students so that they don't feel like you're pushing too much? You know, I think it comes from a couple of things that said, I clicked, hit on earlier. And I think that's, um, you know, teachers being, you know, authentic right. and, and really being vulnerable. Um, teachers sharing about themselves. You know, we ask teachers, um, you know, to, to that start the year with a me board up where there's pictures about them, where they went to college, their college pennant, all this information and kind of do a, here's me talk. But then um, throughout the year, we, we ask teachers to, to share their passions and, and things like that. So we ask teachers to do what's called a passion period where once a month they take a period or half a period and they just teach kids about a passion. And so what, we've, what, what we're finding is again, the more that we can, we can model that, then the kids feel safe enough to open up. You know, there are some kids that, you know, um, my son, he'll open up no matter, you know, the minute he feels you're connected, um, you know, Jack will start sharing. Um, my daughter, you really, you know, the teacher really has to show that vulnerability in, in, in themselves and the really, real authentic care for my daughter, you know. So we, we teach teachers little, you know, treat, you know, little sentence starters. Andrea, you know, I was thinking about you this weekend, mm -hmm. you know. Um, with this, oh, I noticed you. You know, you have you have a, a you know a, a Arizona Cardinal shirt on today. Um, you know things like that, and and just those little things start getting kids to feel the safety and the belonging that they wanna that they wanna open up. That's so true because I was working last year with a group of high school students, and you know you stand up in front of the high school students and they're all just quiet listening. 
And it was funny as I was working with them over a period of time, the minute I talked about where I failed in life, they didn't care about all the wins. They were like, when did it go wrong, miss? And that's when they connected, when they, they said, how did you handle when it went wrong? Did you cry? Were you upset? They wanted to know all those things. And then they started to speak and communicate and tell me when things like that didn't work in their life. And that's when the door opened. But then it, the connection was incredible. Yeah, it just it just opens the floodgates, you know, right. because I, I think when we show vulnerability, that to me in a lot of ways is the ultimate, ultimate sign of respect. You know, I respect you so much that I'm going to be vulnerable and show you my real me. Right. And I think that um, when kids get that, that's huge. Absolutely. So, so all of this, uh, there's such a push with measurement and accountability. So how are you measuring this? I know that there's measurement tools, but what, what are you using to measure the outcomes? You know, so we use um, a, a variety of, of different um, surveys and, and, and things like that. And, and so we use some, some different surveys from um, Panorama um, Education has a number of free surveys, and, and we've done use a lot of their their tools. And and so we, you know, you know, we do simple measurements. You know, we'll use a you know, there's a teacher relationship survey. There's a, a you know, a survey uh, that we ask teachers about. You know, how do you know how um, you know how close do they feel with their students? We do a belonging survey. Um, you know, we do a um, a teacher job satisfaction survey before before they've implemented um, significant 72 and after um, you know a, a, a job satisfaction one and a burnout one you know levels of burnout and and in, like in both of those you know we see an increase in job satisfaction because better you know your kids the more fun you have in your job the you know the better you feel about what you're doing that you're really making a difference and, and again you're gonna it's obviously you're gonna feel more satisfied um, you know, as, as you're, you're doing that again, you're not going to feel so burnout if you're satisfied. So, so, you know, we see decreases in burnout, increases in teacher satisfaction. We see student belonging in the classroom increase um, amongst peers and, and classroom cohesion um, growing. Um, and then obviously discipline drops and things like that we see. And, and um, I try not because to, to I try to, to, keep our research to that and our data to that and not dip into to um, academic, you know, no believing and, and, and anecdotally knowing from the schools that have implemented that their academic outcomes have improved, but knowing that, you know, we really need to create the conditions before we can expect the, the academic outcomes to, to come. And if we create the conditions, then the outcomes will take care of themselves. Um, Yes. You know, I think the other big thing that, that we try to measure is specifically in the elementary school is, you know, do kids have a best friend? Um, you know, we, we measure two things. Do kids have a best friend in the first month of school? And does every child have at least one significant connection to an adult? That's and, incredible. You know, and so, if you know, our research is pretty clear. If we can, we can, if we can hit both of those, we're, we're right on track. Absolutely. Well, I love what you're doing with Significant 72. Um, what's your three to five year vision? Where do you see this going? You know, I think, you know, uh, obviously, you know, 
we want students to feel psychologically safe and, and, and you know, in a classroom and, and so that they can be intellectually stimulated. And so that's really our, 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 our real goal. I think um, a goal is to see that, that um, schools are actually um, placing connections before curriculum, realizing that without those connections, the students aren't gonna, you know, um, succeed. Um, we're, 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 you know, I think in our, in our three to five year plan, um, we should, we hope to be in 500 schools by the end of this, this school year, or by, I should say, by the start of next year. Um, yeah. I think we're, latest count, we're close to 400. So, um, which has been great. Um, we're trying to build out our website um, and, 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 and we have a, you know, new website that started, significant72.com. We're trying to build that out with just tons of free, we just want a place where teachers can go for free right. to get strategies and ideas for their classroom. So, mm -hmm. so we want to build that out. And then, um, you know, we want to get teachers um, um, to start sharing their personal journeys. Um, and so um, we're trying to figure out right now what the, the best way to do that, you know, with, um, you know, video blogs or, or different, you know, different tools. But, you know, I, I moved around a lot as a child and I didn't, and, and there were differences on my academic outcomes based on the relationship I had with the teacher and the relationship I had with my peers. And um, I have three brothers and the same can be said for them. And mm -hmm. so if that is my, my passion is that, you know, we're gonna make sure that there's no, you know, no excuse why, um, why relationships can't be the number one focus in a classroom. And, and so that's really our goal. That's perfect. That's wonderful. I think you're on the right track with this and I'm excited to watch where you're going with this and I'll be sharing on social media, helping promote. And I just want to thank you so much for your time uh, to share where you're going with Significant 72 ideas and resources. If someone wants to learn more, they might be able to just go to the significant72.com website. You know, it's the majority of it's there. The new strategies should be up by you know, August 1st, August 15th. And, and that would be a great place. Perfect. And so to sum this all up, your final words of wisdom? Connections before curriculum. Connections Wonderful. before curriculum um, it, it help, helps kids that are going to be able to soar while they're in school and then out in real life. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate your time. All right. Thank you. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com.